0: This is the Intimacy Podcast, formerly known as Bedroom Confidence for Good Women. You are listening to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, episode 30, Girls Talk. Welcome to Bedroom Confidence for Good Women, a podcast for my sisters who need some clean sex talk. It's all about real issues Real answers and real connection. I'm your host, certified intimacy coach and instructor, Rhonda Farr. While this podcast is not rated explicit, some content may not be suitable for younger listeners. It's podcast time. How are you guys doing today? I hope you had a great weekend. Whatever you had going on, I hope you had fun. I hope you found some time to enjoy your husband or for my brothers out there listening, enjoy your wife. I hope you spent some time together. As promised, today I'm continuing to spread the information that I collected when I asked in a social media group what partners wish that their spouses knew about their sexual relationship or their sex lives, okay? So today I'm talking about what the wives wish the husbands knew. Some of this is a little bit generalized because typically wives tend to be the low desire partner. However, I had a few women pipe up who were the high desire partner. So for those of you, my sisters out there who don't quite fit the stereotypical mold, I want you to know that we hear you. You are not alone. There are other sisters out here just like you wondering why their husbands don't desire them more. So we're going to talk a little bit about that too. But today it's the girl's turn to talk. Girl talk. What your wife wishes you knew. Let's do it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about some of the comments that were made on this social media post that I put out into social media world. And I want to give you some of my comments and thoughts about some of the um, comments that the media group members gave. So let's just get right into it. What did the women have to say? First one. This commenter said, I wish my husband didn't take it so personally when I'm not in the mood. I wish he understood that women's libidos are typically much more complicated. And I wish that that was okay. I wish he understood that if I'm not instantly aroused by seeing him naked, that that doesn't mean that I don't find him sexy or attractive. But that the sexiest and most attractive thing I see in him is are those moments when he's being a good dad or an attentive husband. I wish he understood that sometimes arousal requires a lot of focus for me and mental and emotional work. It's not something that can just be switched on effortlessly. And that doesn't have anything to do with how much I love him or how attractive I find him. Nor does it indicate my willingness to try harder. I also wish he understood how much emotional connection has an impact on the physical connection I feel. All right, my sisters who are listening, this was a good one, right? I want to unpack this a little bit. I feel you. I know exactly what you're talking about when you're like, no, the times I find you most attractive are those times when you're being a good dad. Maybe you're being a leader in the home. Maybe you're showing empathy and compassion to your family. Maybe you're cleaning the kitchen or doing the dishes. I've had so many women say, oh, it's so hot when my husband does chores and housework. So first of all, I wanna say, I feel you. And I think most of my sisters out there listening are giving you a big fat high five and a virtual amen. Cause we think that stuff is awesome. But I have to be a little bit honest here too. When I was in that space, where I was thinking this all the time. Like, oh, if you just do more housework, if you just do more chores, I would find you so much more attractive. And I think there is definitely truth in that. Because then you feel more emotionally connected. Just like the sister said at the end. That emotional co- connection is super important. And when you feel like you're in the family, uh, in the family roles as a team... When you feel like you're in it together and you're both working together with a common purpose and a common goal, you do feel more emotional connection because you have those thoughts of companionship, those thoughts of being intertwined and relying on one another. So that's so true. But I'll tell you what I also found when I was really in that mood of kind of being resentful of, you know, why are you always just physically desiring me but not helping me any place else? What I would do is see him do that, and I would just be like, oh my gosh, this is so great. I love him so much. And all those thoughts and feelings would come up. But by the end of the day, if I'm being honest, most of the time I did not follow through on those feelings. And I'm not saying that you're not sister who wrote this, and I'm not saying that those of you who are agreeing with her don't follow through. I'm just telling you what I found personally. So if you're in this space and you do see your husband do those things, I'm going to give you a little piece of advice. I think it would be awesome if you just made a little mental note or a side note that I do want to talk to him about this later and tell him how much this means to me. And perhaps if it really is attractive and arousing to you, like the sister seems to be saying, follow through on that later. Because if not, husbands sometimes don't know. It's not that they're trying to just say, I'm only going to do this if you have sex with me or whatever. But sometimes they might really not know the way it makes you feel emotionally connected. They might really not understand how much it helps you and how much it means to you. So I would just say, follow through with it. Let him know. Just be like, hey babe, when you were doing those dishes today, when you were changing that diaper, I was so turned on and I wanted to be with you And I couldn't wait till right now so I could show you and go for it. Okay, the other thought was, um, she was talking about how it's not like just a switch that we can just turn on. Yes, absolutely. For women, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more later because there are some other comments that allude to this. But for women, it's not just like a switch. Husbands can be like, oh, there's my hot wife. Yes, ready to go. Bam. Bam. We're thinking about dinner and we're thinking about bedtime and we're thinking about science fair projects and whatever else, ministering sisters, you name it, put it in there. We're thinking about all those things and it's really hard to mentally turn that off. So I'll talk about this a little bit later, but a suggestion would be if you know that you want to be intimate with your husband that night, you really do have to start thinking about it in advance. What are those thoughts that get you in the mood? What are those music, those songs, that music that really makes you feel excited to see him? What are those things about your husband, those characteristics that you love the most, that if you really focus on, get you going? Sometimes we do have to start earlier in the day. So those are my tips for you there. The next comment. This sister says, I crave deep conversation and feel that it builds emotional intimacy. Talk to me about things of eternal significance, not just about the weather or how your work day was. Surface conversation is fine and it's part of life, but deep conversation is really sexy for me, exclamation point. <laughs> Seriously? Me too. This was a place where I used to just, I really, I think I've talked about this before. I used to beg my husband to talk to me. Guess what? What? That killed the conversation before it even started. Because I was really whiny about it. I just wish you would talk to me and have more conversation. He was super turned off by that. Plus, being conversational is a little bit difficult for him anyway. Especially when he's not sure what he should talk about. That's what my husband would be like. I don't really know what to say. I don't have anything in my mind. Then I would get mad at him and feel like. You don't love me and you don't care about me. Or you would know what to say to me. And it just led to a really negative spiral. So this sister is like, yeah, I need to feel that emotional intimacy, just like the sister before. Talk to me about things that matter. So I would give a tip here too. If you have a husband that's a little bit more reserved or conversation doesn't come as easily for him, why don't you start the conversation and see if you can get him into it with you? Maybe even tell him in a different setting, like, Conversation is really important to me. Request that you have conversations about uh, more intimate topics or about significant things of eternal nature. I think that's what she said. He might say no, and that's okay. We can figure this out in other ways, but he might say yes. And he might really want to talk to you if we approach it from a more positive place. Not saying that the person who wrote this was being negative. But I know there are a lot of times in my marriage where I was pretty whiny about it and frustrated. And it was a total buzzkill before we ever got to the conversation. Another one. This sister says, it's not about the climax for me. I wish my husband knew. It's about the time with him and the connection and the knowing that he loves me more than anything else. So this sister really feels like physical intimacy is a show of love, spending that time together, that focus together, really giving and receiving and knowing that she's his number one. Yeah, don't we all feel that way from time to time? All right, here's one for my higher desire sisters. Maybe you're the high desire partner in the relationship. You are not alone. And actually, the next two comments are for you. One sister says, I wish he understood that rejection is equally as hard for me as it is for him when I'm not in the mood. I think mutual respect and communication go a long way here. So my question, not the commenter's remarks, but my question is, what happens when we're really not in the mood? Because it is hard. Rejection is hurtful. We talked about it last week. We've talked about it on other podcasts. When you put yourself out there to be physically intimate with somebody, that's one of the most vulnerable places you could put yourself. Right? Like you're putting it out on the line. I want you. I need you in this way that is open, that is vulnerable, that is humble. I just, I want you in that way. Now let's be clear. Many of you sisters know we're not always in the mood. Some of you know that your husbands are not always in the mood. I've been turned down before, for sure. It sucks, right? Rejection is hard because you have all those thoughts of, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with him? Is there something wrong with our marriage? And in our culture, I think many women go to, is he viewing pornography? Is he doing things on the side? Like, why doesn't he want me? So maybe something that we could do about this is have a conversation in advance. So not when we're in that moment of one person being very vulnerable and open and petitioning for physical intimacy, but just maybe on a date night or maybe pillow talk at night. You know, it's really hard for me to put myself out there. And I can understand sometimes you're not in the mood. Sometimes I'm not in the mood either. And come up with ways together that you could handle this situation. I know some couples say, yeah, if one person's not in the mood, we figure out a different way to meet their needs that might not be intercourse that night. Some other couples say, yeah, if we're not in the mood, then the other spouse will say, you know what? It's just been a hard day. I'm not feeling it right now. But tomorrow I'll make sure I'm ready. And so they make a plan. So talk about these things. Rejection is hard for all of us. Another woman said, I wish it was understood how hard it is for me to be the higher drive, the more spontaneous partner. Being the woman, I feel so isolated when people talk about how it's always the guy with the higher drive. It makes me wonder what's wrong with me. Why doesn't my husband want me 24-7 like all these women talk about? It's hard to believe that it's not about me when that's all that society says. Having sex and that connection is how I feel loved and taken care of. Even if a hundred other things happen that day, sex is what I appreciate most. It's hard not to take it personally when you're not pursued, like society sets you up to believe that you will be. Yeah, sister, I do feel for you because I know your thoughts are, just like you articulated, this isn't right. We don't fit the mold. Something's wrong with me. My husband should be hypersexual pursuing me all the time. And when he's not, it can make us feel very conflicted inside about what's wrong with me. Am I broken? Is he broken? Did we marry the right person? All those things. So number one, let's go back to communication. I think communication is so very important. And number two, I think it's really really important for you to realize that there are stereotypes, but we are individuals. Some women have a much higher desire than their husbands do, and that's okay. It doesn't mean anything is wrong. It just means you're like all the other marriages, and there's a little bit of mixed-match libido, and you just have to figure it out. I believe if both partners are on board, you absolutely can figure this mixed-match libido peace out. Now that being said sometimes you can tell your partner I'm not you know being fulfilled and I'm not getting what I need from you and they're just not going to comply or maybe we do what I said before you know when I was talking about the conversation you come to them and talk to them and say you know what I really wanted that tonight and I really wanted you right now and you weren't there and it's just a total buzzkill because you're in a bad mood your thoughts are all over the place he gets in a bad mood a bad mood because he's feeling like he's being attacked as usual and then that goes nowhere. I would approach this by collecting information. What's going on? Are there problems that can be solved? What are my thoughts about him and my marriage right now? What are his thoughts about me and our marriage right now? Where do we need to come together on this? Are there things that we can do to work it out so we have a schedule for sex because maybe one person just doesn't want to be the pursuer. Maybe you need to figure out, you know, are you tired? Do we need to do something to lighten your burden so you can be more in the moment that way? I am a firm believer when we figure out what's going on in our own minds and in our partners' minds these things can be figured out. Sometimes there really are physiological issues as well Think about hormonal issues. I know some men struggle with low testosterone. Um, Some men, one of my clients has a husband who struggles with erectile dysfunction. And he's just scared to death to pursue her for, you know, the fear of embarrassment of not being able to perform. So there are so many issues to deal with in this situation, or excuse me, so many issues to look at that there's not a one said and done solution to this open communication, and really digging in and understanding what's going on in each other's lives. Super important here. One wife says, I need to feel like my husband wants to be closer to me and not just using my body for his own satisfaction. Oh my goodness. This one comes up all the time. All the time. So many women think that their husbands are just after them for their bodies. Now, if we talk to the men, they're going to say... Nine times out of ten, oh my goodness, is that what you really think? Many men actually feel like when they're pursuing their wives that they're showing love. But many women misplace that pursuit as just being a physical object, just an outlet for his desires and his own satisfaction. Another woman says, I want my husband to know that his leadership in the home is the sexiest thing about him. I love it when he takes charge and just handles everything. It's very masculine to me. That's another one I can relate to in in my marriage. I love it when my husband just handles things. We had a couple situations this weekend where my husband, you know, a car issue and then a home improvement issue that was difficult and he just handled it and he just did it and I didn't have to worry about it. Now... If my husband hadn't have done that, could I have the same thoughts about him? Like, oh, my husband is masculine. He does take care of me in other ways. Could I manage my thoughts about that? Absolutely. Yes. But just notice, like when you're thinking about your husband being sexy, when you're thinking about him being masculine, just notice what that does to your desire and your libido. I think it's kind of fun to notice what thoughts help you stay in the mood. When you figure that out, then you can generate those thoughts and feelings anytime you want to. This next sister says, sex, it's about time for me. I'm not going to relax, or excuse me, I'm not going to be able to reach climax with just a quickie against the wall. It takes work for me, specific body positioning, and an ability to shut out everything but what I'm feeling, both physical and emotional sensations. When I feel like he's frustrated with that process, it's really hard for me. So, this is what I would say to you sisters who can relate with this. I think it's all about compromise. There will be some physical, intimate, physically intimate encounters that are quick and to the point. There will be some encounters that are going to be slower and more connected. There will be some that are like these amazing experiences that are just for pleasure for some people. Really... A good mix of those things is normal. So maybe what you want to do is just be more vocal about this and say, yeah, this isn't doing me this for me when I'm having uh, just to fill your needs super quick and go on. Like that doesn't work for me. Again, communication. Talking to your husband about what you need. Talking to your husband about what it feels like to you when you have those thoughts that he only wants his own pleasure or a quick fix right? The other thing I would say is being able to shut everything else out is a learned practice. And that's not really something that your husband can do for you. Being able to shut out the kids, the schedules, the church callings, the job, the finances, the house cleaning, all those things, that's learned through practice. If you really want to get good at this, I want you to try something. The next time you're in a physically intimate situation with your partner and all these things start flooding your mind, I want you to intentionally focus on your body. I want you to intentionally focus on your partner and that connection with him. See how it changes things. Believe it or not, you don't just have to react to wherever your brain goes you can take charge, but only if you're aware of it. So many of us are constantly reacting to whatever thoughts come into our brain. And then it's really hard to stay in that moment and feel physically and emotionally connected. This next sister says, please kiss me. (laughs) And that's all she said, please kiss me. I think thought this was interesting when I thought about this. I thought, you know what? My husband and I don't kiss nearly as much as we used to when we were dating. We used to kiss all the time, constantly. I remember getting caught making out in his backyard by his dad. I was so embarrassed by that. Do you kiss and make out as much as you used to? Part of me thinks that the reason many couples don't kiss as much... Is because there's so much more they can do physically and it's just not the priority. You know, when we were dating, that was like hand-holding and kissing was the extent of our intimacy. But when sex comes into the picture and you can express yourself in different ways, sometimes I think we put kissing to the back burner. I think maybe we should recommit to the kissing though, because it releases those feel good hormones, just like sex does that oxytocin and all the other, that little love cocktail that is released in our brains. I read an article that suggested that we should try the 15 second challenge. All right, you guys, 15 seconds of your day. That's a very, very short portion of your day. 15 seconds seems to be the magic number that it's more than just a quick peck on the lips but it's not so long that it feels like it takes up you know a ton of time on your way out the door 15 seconds to show him that you are connecting and that you're still physically attracted to him and that you want him you love him don't tell him about it my brothers don't tell your wives about it if she's not listening to this just start the 15 second challenge now at first They're going to kiss you and they're going to pull away because they're going to expect a quick peck. But I want you to just try it. Pull their hands closer. Pull their arms closer. Lean into them. Tell them that you want them. Kiss them for a full 15 seconds every day this week. See if it changes things. One sister said, I want my husband to know that it starts way before sex is even a factor." Side note from Ron DeFar, yes, absolutely for women, that is correct. It needs to start way before. The sister goes on to say, Feeling confident, feeling special, loved, and appreciated, respected, knowing he has your back and will step in as a partner to help raise the kids and keep the home clean and running well. She says with exclamation points, Flirt with me, boy. Plan special dates. Get a babysitter for us. Talk to me about my day and my feelings. Those things will and can, exclamation point, bold letters, rock your world. (laughs) She said, I also feel closer to my hubby when I can make him laugh. So notice how she's talking about when she feels confident, when she feels special, when she feels loved and appreciated and respected, that helps her get in the mood with her husband. It makes her want to rock his world. All right, my sisters, I know you think that it's the circumstances of what your husband does or doesn't do that makes you feel confident, special, and loved, and it's amazing when they give us this validation and feedback. Let me be clear. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting validation and feedback and compliments from our husbands or from anybody else around us. The problem comes in when we feel like we need those things because then we give our power away to our husbands. If we need him to make us feel confident and special and appreciated, then we're in trouble. So what do you do? One of my friends who's also a life coach, she was talking to me and she was saying how, you know what, I cleaned the whole house and I did these things. I think her husband was out of town or working on a project, something. He wasn't able to help as much and of course she has her four kids and she said, you know what I did? I cleaned everything. I did it like I wanted and I just said, I love you. You're doing a great job and she said, this warm feeling came over me it just felt amazing and so I tried it and she's right it does what if we could generate those feelings of confidence and love and appreciation in ourselves and then when our partners were with us we just got to be with them we just got to rock their worlds without bringing all the baggage into the bedroom now remember I don't want any hate mail over this it's amazing when our husbands validate us it's just dangerous when we feel like we need it to be happy. We can accept it and want it and feel great when we get it. and We can also give it to ourselves when they're not giving it to us. All right. One sister said she thought about her answer for a while and she came back and said, I just figured it out. I was talking and laughing with someone else and he said, or excuse me, and they said they liked my witty sense of humor. It really caught me off guard because it's been years since I've been given a compliment not relating to my parenting skills, domestic skills, or wife skills. It was a compliment that was just about me. I can't even tell you how amazing I still feel from it. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Another one that goes along with that says, I like when my husband notices my body, but sometimes I feel like that's all he notices. And it would be really great to feel good and reminded about the other parts of me that he finds attractive. For example, when we're laughing together and he comments on how much he loves my laugh. Or when I'm telling him about something new I learned at a training and he comments that he thinks I'm in the perfect field for me. Those things make me feel really seen and valid. Okay, my sisters, it goes back to what I said before. I know that feels amazing. And my brothers who are listening. Take note of that. She wants to be complimented. She wants to be validated on things outside of the home or outside of her body. Okay? So take note of that. I think it's awesome. But my sisters, I'm going to come back to you. I want you to notice those things in yourself too. I want you to give yourself those compliments when they come up. Notice them and tell yourself how amazing you are. Sounds crazy. Try it. Okay? Lest anybody thinks that I don't know how you feel. I have this other job. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast before. But I work at a nearby college. And we do some communications work with healthcare professionals. And I'm pretty good at some aspects of that job. I get requested very specifically to do certain parts of that job. So when I go and do it and I do a good job and I rock it. A lot of times the physicians and the facilitators will thank me and tell me exactly what they liked about what I did. And I'm not gonna lie, that feels amazing. I feel you. Sometimes I drive all the way home on cloud nine because of those compliments. But what I've been practicing lately is not having to rely on those outside compliments because what happens if I don't have a job like that for a while? Or what happens if I do a rocking good job And somebody forgets to tell me how great it was or validate me. Does that mean I don't get to feel good about it? It shouldn't. This is one of those things I want you to really understand. When you get good at noticing your own strengths. And you get good at noticing how you can rock your own world. This will change everything for you. Okay, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. And talk about something that came up in the beginning. This next lady said, I wish we had learned earlier about responsive desire and spontaneous desire. Not knowing that there was a different kind of desire just left us both thinking that I was broken, which has been a difficult thing to overcome. And the other comments very similar to that one. This sister said, I wish we had both learned a lot sooner about spontaneous and responsive desires. It would have stopped so many hurt feelings. She says, I wish that the balance of being pursued sexually with being pursued as a person was easier for him to strike and easier for me to feel. She says we are getting better at this, but it's still quite a process. Okay, so let's talk about responsive and spontaneous desire a little bit. Spontaneous desire is something that the high desire partner probably feels more. So that's like For men, I'm going to use the stereotype, and then I'll also talk about women too, but for men, that's like walking through a grocery store and seeing a couple of melons, and they're like, oh, yes, my wife's body, you know, they make that switch in their mind, and all of a sudden, they're really into her. And they are like ready to go right then and right there. Or maybe it's like when somebody's in the kitchen cooking or a husband's outside mowing the yard, the high desire partner might see that person doing their work or see their body or something they find physically attractive and just be like, yep, I'm ready to go now. Boom. For many high desire partners, they might not even know what their trigger is. They just might see that person and be like, yep, ready to go in the bedroom. You and me, let's do it. Now, spontaneous desire is very, very different from responsive desire. Responsive desire is when you get worked up to the idea. It's more like you're warming up to the idea of physical intimacy. So that might look more... I saw this um, shirt one time. It was a maternity shirt. And it says, all I wanted was a back rub. (laughs) That's a perfect example of responsive desire. So you're not even thinking about sex. It's not even on your radar maybe. And then your husband gives you a massage and he starts touching you and all those love hormones are entering your brain and you're feeling relaxed and you're feeling in love and cared for. And maybe the touches he's giving you, that starts to turn you on. And then you're totally in the mood and good to go. That's responsive desire. When you give yourself time to get revved up, you give yourself time to get in the mood And to fall into that desire or work into that desire. So one, just like it um, suggests, happens more spontaneously. And the other kind of desire is in response to other things. Maybe your husband is like rubbing your hair and then will kiss your neck. Or maybe just comes to bed and asks you about your day and maybe starts to kiss you. Those things are very different. I hear women all the time say, I just don't have any sex drive. I just don't have any libido. I just don't want it like my husband does. High desire partners. Maybe they're the women. Maybe they're saying, my husband just doesn't want it like me. My husband just doesn't care about me. He doesn't find me attractive. There's something wrong with us. You know what? What I would say is, you have a different type of desire. And learning about that desire and figuring out why it looks differently it's gonna help you know how to come to solutions together. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your partner, it just means you have a different type of desire. By the way, for the person who is more responsive, you can even start to learn, okay, they're more responsive, that means we have to work up to this, and maybe it will be a conscious choice to see where this goes. I heard somebody say one time, I give my husband 10 minutes. And if I can get in the mood in those 10 minutes, we do it. If not, then we don't. Maybe that will work for you. I don't know. Brainstorm ideas. But what you can do when you know which partner is responsive and which partner is spontaneous, then you can talk about those things. Then you can work together. Then you can start to learn what makes you respond more and what doesn't. Like Maybe some people like a foot rub. Maybe some people like to be sang to. I don't know what it is. But for every person, it might be a little bit different. Once you understand what's going on, then you can figure it out. Okay, got it? What would you add to the list, my sisters? What do you wish your husband knew? If I get enough responses, maybe I'll do another episode about what women wish their husbands knew about their sexual relationship. All right, my sisters. I hope you're having a fabulous week. I hope everything goes as planned. Hope your relationship is feeling strong and connected, but if it's not, why don't you reach out to me? What are you waiting for? I'm actually starting to do couples coaching right now, and it's an amazing experience for me to help these couples learn how to connect and find that emotional intimacy, and then we build off that, and I show them how to cultivate the physical intimacy, it's an amazing program you guys. If you're interested at all, make sure you contact me at Coach with Ronda at rondafar.com. I want you to go forward this week, my sisters, knowing that you're not alone. If you're high desire, you're not alone. If you're low desire, you're not alone. If you feel like sometimes your husband just sees you for his own pleasure, you're not alone. If you sometimes just need to feel loved and valued if you're just looking for a comment of validation and appreciation you my sister are not alone this might be another one of those podcast episodes that you reach out to your husband and say hey can we listen to this together and talk about it can we talk about the parts that relate to our relationship if you do that i want to warn you please be open to the thoughts and feelings that he has as well What I'm finding is for most couples, they love each other very much and they both want to find solutions to what's going on, but they often feel defensive, maybe embarrassed, or even fearful to talk about these things. And that's why we stay stuck in these same patterns that we've been in for years. And that's why it's really hard to get to a new spot in our relationship. So if you need help with that, make sure you reach out. But nonetheless if you reach out to me or not I want you to go forward with confidence that you can figure these things out but don't hide them don't bury them that's where we get resentful and we start stewing bring it to light work on it you can do this my sisters I'll talk to you next week